and welcome to episode 258 of the VegGrout podcast. My name's Richard and I love to grow food in my allotment and garden. Now joining me today in the podding shed is Mr. Lee Connolly, the skinny gene gardener, and he's joining us to talk about his new book, How to Get Kids Gardening. But firstly, we have the diary with what I've been up to over this last week in my own allotment and garden. Well, today is Saturday, the 15th of February, 2020. Just in the potting shed at home because I haven't been able to go outside really. It's pretty windy, pretty wet again. Storm Dennis is certainly making itself known. Hopefully it's not going to be as bad as Storm Kira last week. Today, well, because I haven't been able to go outside and the ground outside, even along the lawn, is just mud. You just take one step into it and your foot is sinking. Just can't do anything outside because of that very, very reason. So instead, I have moved my onions that were sown from seed, the variety called Elisa Craig. I've moved those from this potting shed into the greenhouse. Hopefully that'll just provide me a bit more room in here and they'll grow out there absolutely fine and we'll be able then to move them down to Grandad's greenhouse on the allotment in a few weeks time before finally planting them outside. I think they'll be okay. Onions are pretty hardy but this potting shed is actually getting pretty full at the moment with all the herbs and salad leaves that I've already got growing in here. So I'm already juggling for space but that's to be expected. Obviously I've also got my potatoes in here that are chitting. It's the joys of grow your own and <laughs> always trying to find space is uh, the, the in thing at the moment. Now after that I then set about sowing a few seeds. Now I've gone for quite a variety of seeds. I've sown some celeriac Asterix F1 which I first grew last year and was pretty impressed with. I've also sown some Brussels sprouts, some Evesham special, some Cape gooseberries which I, I forgot to sow last year, uh, some chives, some lettuce and some spring onions. So quite a few in the terms of salad leaves and salad products. But all in all, hopefully these are going to go on rather well. Now, it is still pretty early, I know. But most of these, or pretty much all these seeds, I should say, I actually say they can be sown in February. So that's what I've done. Some say undercover, so they'll just sit in this potting shed. Some say indoors, so they'll be in the podding shed with the heated propagators over them. And obviously I've got the grow lights in both these sheds, which have really helped boost plants along. So yes, that's it today really. A bit of a quiet one. I don't even know if I'm going to get down the allotment tomorrow because of this weather. I'm hoping I can, but we shall see in just a moment. Well, today is Sunday the 16th of February 2020. I've popped down the allotment. Just really a quick check around after Storm Dennis, or during Storm Dennis, I probably should say, because the wind is still up. It's still quite heavy rain, which is why I can't really do much gardening outside. 
just going to take you all on a walk around and talk about what I can see and what needs doing. In a way, my to-do list that I quite often like to do, and I thought I'll talk you through that as I'm going on up here. Now, I'm starting at the very top of my allotment. There's some rhubarb under the ground. There's some currant bushes and gooseberry bushes. This area has been quite a difficult one for me to keep weed-free with the cooch grass. Last year I laid a load of horse manure down as a mulch but the cooch grass has now started to grow through that. So I really need to get in here, give that a really good weed out and lay some more horse manure. Now to the top of a main bed I planted out some brassicas last year which have not survived. But then just below that there are some onions and they are growing up quite nicely. They're not huge but they are growing quite nicely. However this area again the cooch grass is starting to show itself so I need to really give that another good weeding. I'm by my big shed at the top of the allotment. Now that's standing fine, I'm quite happy with this shed, but it does really need a bit of a paint this year. I'm not gonna worry about it until later on this year, but that is something that I'm putting on the to-do list, but further down the list. The apple tree that I moved a couple of weeks ago seems to be quite happy where it is now. It's still in the same place, it hasn't moved. I think that shows actually how putting a post in at an angle makes all the difference. Now as we move further down the strawberry bed, again that needs a really good weed and the cooch grass is growing through. I think this year I'm going to lay a load of straw down on this bed to try and keep the weeds down. And the same with the raspberry bed just to, to the side of the strawberry bed as well. Hopefully that will reduce my time on the weeding. Now I've got a few leeks left in the ground, they probably need to come up soon. And then next to those I've got my purple sprouting broccoli which is just starting to produce some purple heads. So I'm going to have to harvest those in the next couple of weeks which will be lovely and give us some lovely little purple sprouting broccoli heads to eat. Next to those I've got some kale plants. Now the kale, again they were planted last year and they're just starting to flower. So they're going to have to be uprooted and I'll probably give those to the chickens so they don't get wasted. Kale has done really well this year so I'm quite pleased with that. Now I'm at the very top of my other half of the allotment. The globe artichokes, they have started to grow really nicely. I don't eat a huge amount of globe artichokes, but I can't get rid of the plants. So uh, we have to try and use those a bit more. Down the side, the raspberry canes and the currant bushes, they all need a good weeding as well. Now, uh, my early rhubarb, that has started to grow. In fact, I've seen people already harvesting their rhubarb because it's been such a, an early start to the season. And in fact, I probably could harvest some rhubarb quite soon as well looking at that. Now this bed actually isn't in too bad, there's an odd few weeds here and there. But then we go on to the asparagus bed and actually there's a few weeds in there as well but it's not too bad. The asparagus obviously won't be showing itself for a while. Now if we go down the side by the road, that really needs a good tidy up. Still got Jerusalem artichokes in the ground that also need harvesting and tidying up. A lot of weeding to be done out down here and there's some bits of glass from the storm we had last year that I can see also need picking up. And then the elder tree that I'm probably going to get rid of because it's quite a lot of work. In fact that is starting to put on leaf growth so it's starting to grow now. The comfrey patch, the comfrey is also starting to grow. So uh, again, we'll be using the comfrey quite a bit throughout this year. And then the pear tree is just standing here looking absolutely lovely. And uh, I can't really say much about it. It looks like it's starting to bud. So that'll probably soon start putting on some growth. 
Now I'm onto my garlic bed. Now the garlic, I'm actually really pleased with how the garlic is looking. A couple of weeks ago I did, that wind's starting to pick up. What was I saying? A couple of weeks ago I did add some garlic fertiliser and they seem to have really benefited from that. I'm actually going to be making a mulch out of comfrey around these and see how well they get on. I watched a YouTube channel about that and uh, they seem to work quite well as a, a mulch. Next to that, my onion bed. They are also growing rather well. They're a good sort of 10 inches tall at the moment. A nice solid green colour in terms of the foliage anyway. Now the brassica bed. Now the brassicas, they've been eaten by pigeons. They're not looking that great. So also these will need uprooting and removing. We'll give all the foliage to the chickens to eat. And then when it's empty, I can actually replace the wooden sides on this bed as I've been doing throughout this year. Now next to that I've got another empty bed which is where my brassicas are going to be growing on later on this year. I probably should add some lime to this soil. The soil itself, I'm absolutely blown away with how good this soil has become by adding plenty of compost and horse manure over the years. There's still a parsley plant in there growing as well so I might actually have to harvest all that and freeze the parsley. Now on the very top of these beds I've got my shallot bed. I noticed the other day some had been pulled out which I quickly popped into the ground. They are just starting to grow so not too bad. Then next to that we've got my broad bean and pea beds. Well the peas I don't think they've survived at all. These were my overwintering peas. The storm and the bad weather this year seems to have really killed off the peas, so there's not going to be any of those left. But the broad beans are doing absolutely fine. They're quite tallish for this time of year. They've got, again, this nice green foliage, which tells me they're doing well. And then there's also a chard plant that I planted a couple of years ago that seems to keep coming back. That's also doing well. All these could probably do with a bit of a feed. Now I'm over by Grandad's Greenhouse and I said last week that during the storm there was only one panel of glass that seemed to have popped out. Well when I came down the other day there was a second panel that had also popped out and smashed. It's not too bad. Only two panels of glass need replacing and I'll be doing those probably at the beginning of March when the weather just gets that little bit better. Inside it's looking pretty good. There's nothing growing in there at the moment but I'll probably be moving stuff down here quite soon. So I need to have a really good tidy up in there and remove all this broken glass. Now the rest of this plot is, I don't mind saying, it's a bit of a mess. I've got bits of wood lying around and bits of broken glass, tubs of broken glass and projects that are in the waiting, which I've just got to crack on and do. Unfortunately, this weather, and it's starting to rain quite hard now, so I'm going to finish up quite soon. But unfortunately, this weather has meant that it's just not been possible to get on the plot. I haven't even been able to bring the van right up to the allotment because the ground will just suck the van in and I will get the van stuck. Well, that is it for this little allotment tour on a to-do list. I hope that has made some sense to everyone, but this is what I like to do every now and then, just run around making a to-do list of what needs doing. It doesn't take all that long, as I've just demonstrated, but it does help get the mind into shape. Well, I'm going to head on home, and hopefully I'm going to do some gardening at home, which I will fill you in in a bit later. Well, it's still Sunday the 16th of February 2020 today. I'm back at home and, well, after my pop to the allotment, I realised I couldn't do much down there, as I've just said. Came home and I went into my potting shed and I managed just to pot up my aubergines and my cauliflowers. Now, these are sown 
few weeks ago now so they were certainly getting big enough that they needed to go into their own little seed trays and that's what I've done I've popped them all individually into root trainers and hopefully now they will grow on and become fairly big plants just for now they're going to remain under the grow lights and in the podding shed until they're at quite a, a size and a, I feel they're strong enough to survive going into either the potting shed or the greenhouse now that's all I've been really able to do today the ground outside is just so wet and boggy that I can't really do anything so a um, bit of a chill out time and uh, a recap and reflection but that also brings the diary to a close this week. Spring is literally just around the corner. Hopefully the weather will then allow us to really get cracking on with our gardens. Well, the tea is on and Lee is just making himself comfortable. But firstly, we have this week's tip of the week from the little book of allotment tips. And this week's tip is... The most important tip is what is the soil like? Get a rough idea by picking up a fistful and squashing it into a ball. If the soil sticks firmly together, it's clay. If it falls apart, it's sandy. These need improving with composts and other materials. But if you're very lucky, you'll have a nice loamy soil. Not too sticky, not too dry. Now I completely agree with this tip. Soil is probably one of the most important factors and the different types of soils really make a difference. Growing up I had a very loamy soil which was incredibly successful. However, my old allotment was sandy and where I currently garden on is incredibly heavy clay. But to improve these soils I've been adding lots of compost and lots of manure and slowly that soil is really becoming as good as the loam that I used to garden on. So Lee, welcome back to the Veg Grower Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Because um, yeah, like I say, it's been a week. I mean, I talk to you a lot on the phone and stuff, so you know the behind the scenes of how long it's took to bring it to fruition. We've used that word a lot today, haven't we? But um, yeah, just getting it a physical copy in your hands is is exciting times. It's been what a year in the making, I suppose. I'd say so. Do you know what? I, I started speaking about this book. I thought about doing a book for a while, um, and I started speaking about it back in March last year. Right, yeah. So I, almost, almost, almost a, year. a year. Yeah, I thought so because I remembered you were talking to somebody at the Ardell Home Show about this. Yeah, and actually, the first person I ever talked to was um, Stephanie Hefferty. Oh yes, from um, oh No Dig or something. Isn't that's it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, great. Yeah. She was so helpful, and um, yeah, so that's where it all started. That's the that's the beginnings. That's the beginnings of this book. Now, I guess we should first start by actually introducing the book and what it's called and what it's about how to get kids gardening people always said what i was going to call it i was going to call it my life story then i was going to call it um, no. like it had to be didn't it it just had to be a simple how to get kids gardening mate yes yes now i was lucky enough to have received a copy of this and i've had a read through and i absolutely love this book you don't have to say that what do you really think no i absolutely love it and i genuinely mean that I want to say I'm not a big book fan, but actually, if you look over there, you will see, and for the benefit of those listening, in the corner of my podding shed, I have a bookcase about six foot tall, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight shelves, all full of gardening books and cooking books, to be fair. I can't say I've read every single book, but they are there when I need them. What about the Joe Wicks one? Joe Wicks, I've actually tried reading that. 
We won't anyway, go any further. Back to the garden. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I do like a good book that's informative. And recently I spoke about the Gardening for the Zombie Apocalypse book. Yes. Which was a really awesome book. Completely different to this one, because this is about getting your families into gardening. Less zombies. Less zombies, but more going out in the garden with your kids and getting them involved. Yeah, and it had to be a book, mate, because it's one of them things. I mean, I don't really want to talk, go on about it too much about getting away from screens, but it is a big thing about getting away from the computer screens, getting away from the TV. And had it been something like, I mean, at one point I thought an app, I was going to do uh-huh. an app of it all on, but then it sort of doesn't, as the word is, counter, 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 well, I don't know what the word is. Counterintuitive. Yeah, I was going to say it, mate. I'm an orphan now, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it had to be a book, it had to be something where we could come away from the screens, sit down, open that book up and yeah. have a little flick through and see what we wanted to do in it. I think that's so important together as well as a family. And I think your book has nailed that on the head. Cheers, man. So, um, let's just go through the book a bit and, uh. Your daughter features quite heavily in this, quite slightly. Well, she had to. Do you know what I mean? Like, I talk about her a lot, and she was on social media quite a bit um, for the last few few years. She's turned into some sort of a hero to some. and um, But she had to be part of it. Like, I did Blue Peter for a bit, and did Olive you? wasn't... Yeah, I did. I mentioned it a few times. Um, and I didn't have Olive then. And then when Olive come along, you start to realise as a parent that some of these makes that people put onto TV... They don't always work. Do you know what I mean? Actually, practicing them and getting out there, you realise, well, one, that's too expensive. And two, with a four-year-old or a three-year-old, that is impossible to do. So once Olive come along, started practicing, uh, getting out there with Olive, doing these different um, activities, and you realise, yeah, that works. That doesn't quite work. That keeps their attention. They get their hands missing. They enjoy that. And that's what's in the book. Like they're all tried and tested by me and Olive. Mm-hmm. And Sam at some points. You know, she's not massively into gardening. but Sam's your wife. Yeah, but yeah, Sam's my wife, yeah. Um, but she gets out there with us as well. She enjoys watching us do, do it. But they're all tried and tested by Olive. And, you know, sometimes she's got quite an imagination. She can... Uh, her mind wanders off a lot. But these ones in the book... You know, she loves and they, they create proper memories. Mm. Well, there's one picture that I found in this book that I absolutely love. And that's with Olive's hands just caked in mud. And she's got this massive grin on her face and she's showing them off to the camera. That's exactly what it's about, though, isn't it? Well, that, actually, that picture is quite a lot of meaning in that. Because when Olive was, I don't know, two, she went through a phase where she couldn't have anything on her hands. Like, she couldn't handle having messy hands. We always <laughs> had to clean her hands up. And getting outside, getting gardening and realising for her that actually getting your hands muddy... Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, it took a while for her to, to yeah. like, learn that. But getting your hands mussy, muddy is not a bad thing. Like, it's a good thing to get out there, get it messy. And I think as parents, sometimes... It's, it's easier. I mean, we'll go back to that screen thing. It's easier for a kid to be put in front of a screen playing a game. Don't get their clothes messy. There's no washing to do. You know where they are rather than get outside and get messy. There's there's, there's different sides of it. Do you know what I mean? But 100 billion percent, and I always go back to this, and one of the, the bits on the front of the book that says creating real memories as a family, mm-hmm. you really do. You really create proper memories together outside yeah yeah absolutely 
What I also like about this is that quite early on, you've done this questions thing. Yeah, I where... told you about this when I, when I was writing it, didn't I? Yes, you did, yes. But we're not saying that because this is your book. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> you, 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 you were part of it, mate, don't worry. Oh, I appreciate that. But there's a question here. What is germination? Yeah. And it's the first important moment when a seed begins to grow and become a plant. Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly, when we were at CD Sunday, a lot of people kept saying that a lot the problem they have with a lot of TV programs or books is that they use words like germination without actually explaining what that word means. Yeah. So this little bit right at the beginning actually pushes it straight into the reader's face. Yeah, well, th- here's the thing. Like, when I first started gardening, which when I was 26, mm-hmm. those, are the quest- those are the exact questions that I had when I first started gardening. And that was at 26. So for a child to get into it, you think, well, they're going to have exactly the same sort of questions. Of course they are. Of course, yeah. A parent that's never gardened before is going to be reading a packet of seeds and think, well, what, what's, what is German? How am I supposed to know what... What's what this means on the back of a seed packet. Yeah, yeah, and, and and there's other words, and I've had many discussions over the years about this. Perennial, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, um, annual. Now, experienced gardeners will know this, but to the unexperienced, it's not so easy to well, know. Well, it's like being back at school, isn't it? Everyone, the teacher always used to say, anyone, any questions? And no one used to say anything, did they? Too embarrassed. Too embarrassed, yeah, because... But we always say there's never a stupid question. Like, it's never a silly question. Well, that's something that we've discussed quite a bit uh, ourselves. We've always been open to anybody asking any question, no matter how simple they may feel it is. The only stupid question that exists is the one that doesn't get asked. That's it. You guarantee you ask a silly question, you might get a few laughs. But there'll be loads of people in that room thinking exactly the same thing. Like, well, I'm glad he asked. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it's there for. That's what them questions are there for. Yeah. But you've you've also split this book into several sections. So you've got the Grow Your Own, which is obviously very, very important to me. But why have you included this Grow Your Own section? Well, it's one of them things, isn't it? Like, we want children to eat more veg. Mm-hmm. It's been one of them things. Would Olive rather a chocolate bar? Psh, of course you would. So would Dad. But vegetables are important in our diet. Yeah. And it's good for kids to learn that. The best way to get children eating their veg is to grow them. Yeah. See them from the seed, see them grow into the plant, see them get in the kitchen. Need to see the whole journey. So Grow Your Own had to be part of it. It had to be... It is the is literally the gateway for kids' gardening. Yeah. But you've gone for quite some... I don't want to say simple vegetables, but some easy, popular vegetables Yeah. in your top ten of what to grow for the kids. So peppers, carrots, tomatoes, pumpkins. Everybody eats those. Well, pretty much everybody eats those. Everybody who's into Grow Your Own will grow them. Mm-hmm. And kids will know what they are right from the offset. And then there's strawberries, lettuce, courgettes, chilies, potatoes, runner beans. We all know what they are. They are reasonably easy to grow. And, again, and I think that's important, actually. They're easy to go kids are going to revel in that success it's simplicity as well like a lot of parents like i don't expect all loads of parents to go around saying i'm a gardener as much as it's the first time for the kids it's going to be the first time for the parents as well so if i'm expecting them to teach their children about gardening then it should be simple yeah so i'm not going into all sort of cuckoo melons and things like that i'm not going crazy with it just keep it simple yeah and then people also i've been asked before You've only put like 
chili do you only put courgettes? What what type? Well, you know, you don't need to go into the in depth. If you're just starting out in gardening, keep it simple. I can't yes. stress that enough. I would actually say keep it simple, stupid, and use the acronym KISS to remember that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's an old army. Should have put that in the book. It's an, ar- <laughs> it's an army expression. So, <laughs> no, well, interestingly, that you mentioned that my brother in law last year got into gardening, mm-hmm. partly because of what we're doing, but also he saw his nieces were really interested in gardening with me. Right. And he's not had much experience growing his own or anything like that. Now he's converted this little area of his garden into his vegetable patch. So you can guess what's on his birthday this this year. He'll be getting this book. Oh, brilliant, mate. It's another sale. That's one. It's another sale. <laughs> um, but you've also not just got about growing vegetables in here. You've got a few little projects that are, I guess, Blue Peter-esque projects. Yeah, I mean, like I said at the start, the whole point of the book is to give it to a child, let him open it up, let him have a flick through and see what we're going to do this weekend. I didn't want to put stuff in there that parents are scared to give it to their children because mm-hmm. it costs too much. You don't want like a 50, 60 pound make. Like The whole point is to save money, go and use the garden outside, mm-hmm. like that whole adventure playground that you've got literally sitting outside your back door. I didn't want it to be something that you, they then had to go and spend loads of money out on. And that's why I've got like these really cheap and easy garden makes that you can literally make from stuff around the house. Yeah. And that's why I put them in there. I just think that's the best thing. I don't want to put a brick wall up that is money. And for example, you've got a washing bowl in here. Yes. And that makes into a little garden pond or... There's a few different, yeah, there's a few different things you can make. from. Literally, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, I'll be honest with you, Rich. I'll tell you why some of these makes come about. It was from Blue Peter, but also, when I first started off, I got asked a lot to make, because of the Blue Peter thing, to do some gardening makes. Here's one I made earlier. And I didn't have a lot of dosh. <laughs> so, and they were asking for blogs to be wrote. So I looked around the house and was just basically looking, <laughs> looking for things that I could make out of stuff. And that turned into this book. <laughs> That's as simple as that. Like I just didn't have the money to go and spend out on getting kids gardening uh-huh. yeah and that's exactly how it is for parents and you know but who does have the money to spend on these and why should you have to spend a lot of money why should you have to spend a lot of money on your kids is not what i mean you should no. of course spend a lot of money on your kids but there's more important things to spend your money on of course and i mean let's let's take a trip to thor park it's something like a hundred quid for a family mm-hmm. day out Whereas this is a, a normal weekend in the garden, a couple of quid, and you can build it, and you're going to have that in your garden for a while. Yeah, and it's also something you can keep coming back to. There's a few, quite a few makes in here which you can do one weekend, yeah. over a whole weekend. And yeah. then not, you know, I'm not saying every weekend come back to it. Of course there's going to be other stuff to do in life, do you know what I mean? But that's a thing that, say in a month's time, like the bug hotel, make the bug hotel, yeah, and then in a month's time, come back and there's a whole other activity. Seeing what bugs have moved in. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's getting kids out there, seeing wildlife. Yeah, it's not just washing up bowls that you've used in here. There was a pallet allotment, and the pallet is free. Yeah, completely free, man. Or well, could be free. Well, actually, <laughs> I see people trying to sell them on the marketplace, and I think if you go to the right places, people are trying to get rid of them. Yeah. So you can get them for nothing. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is brilliant. Yeah. 
And stone markers as well is another one I've spotted. Pick stones up on down your allotment or somewhere as well in your garden. Well, you know, I mean, that's a whole other thing. Like, that's and two activities in one go because you go out, either go down the beach, go into the forest, look for for decent stones. That's one. That's a, like an afternoon. Yeah. Next day, then you can make the stone markers. Absolutely, and just a bit of paint that you might have. Like, if you've got kids, you probably do have paint lying around anyway. But you know what? Also, like paint, you can get that for like a pound. Yeah. So I mean, it's not not masses of expense. Yeah. For, especially for an afternoon's activity. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the wildlife section as well. Yeah. So grow your own is obviously a big starter for children to get into gardening. I always think that. But wildlife is equally as important. Like, yes. You've got to get wildlife into garden. And I had to, I just had to do a section. You've got to give it a home. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you want wild, I hear people all the time say. Oh, we don't get much wildlife in our garden. And I'm like, well, if you give it, like, have you given birds a place to come and sit? Or, and have you fed them any bird seed? Or if you give hedgehogs a home? Like, oh, no. But I was like, well, if you don't give them a home, it's like us. Like, you're not going to see, you know, you're not going to make a space, like, look good. Then you're not going to see us in it. It's exactly yeah. the same with wildlife. Yeah, absolutely. Kids are attracted by wildlife. Mm-hmm. And they would love to see birds and well, my my experience with kids anyway, they love to see the birds flying around, insects and butterflies particularly. Yeah. And again, it's getting those kids out in the garden, which is so important to you. It's making a double activity out, out of it as well because you're making these spaces for wildlife yeah. and then the next day you're sitting back seeing what comes in. You know, we have like the big bird watch count thing, I can't remember what it's called now, where the kids sit down and count yeah. and see what birds come in. Exactly the same with wildlife. Back to the bug hotel. Get bugs. What bugs are coming to your bug hotel? Yeah. Oh, the hedgehog home, which can also benefit your garden because the hedgehogs, I know there's a lot of debate on how much they actually eat, but they do eat some of your slugs and mm-hmm. snails. Yep. So yep. that's benefiting even if you are a king garden. Wow, hedgehogs. Like people always say, I don't see many hedgehogs in their garden, don't they? And then, you know, you've got all these fences up that didn't used to be about back in the day so of course they're not going to you know put a big fence up you're not going to be able to get in are you yeah Um, and giving them a a space giving them a home is really important absolutely absolutely so what is your favourite project in that whole book that you've done with your daughter (laughs) it's not going to be what you think okay Um, one of the projects is the Carvel Castle right and it sounds strange but it's, it's brilliant right so what is it it's creating a den out of cardboard boxes. Right, cool. So you build a wooden frame uh-huh. and then you basically staple or attach wooden boxes to the outside of the wooden frame. Right. And then you paint it up. Oh, and okay. So you decorate it. Then you create a den. Great during the summer. If it rains, then yeah, of course, then you have to rip down the boxes, and recycle them and start again. But I think that's good. Like, yeah. it just, you know, it just keeps the imagination of kids going they're getting creative as well. I think it's massively important getting creative outside. Yeah, and I, I think kids need stimulation, especially when it comes to creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, Some of the kids that I've spoken to have some of the most imaginative minds going as well. Yeah. And they can often look at a problem in a completely different way yeah. and come up with a completely different way to resolve that problem or deal with it definitely it's made their mind. Right. yeah they're just about their minds are just totally like i just wish i was a kid again do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i like that one it just it's the creativity side of it um more than anything 
And the fact that, like I say, you can rip it down and build something totally different. Build a castle, build a TP. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. so many different things that you can do with it. It's just a bit unusual, isn't it? To look in, like, all, at the same time, like, this is only a make I've really come up with in the last year. But we brought Olive a doll's house, not a doll's house, what's the word? Like, a little playhouse. Playhouse, that's it. And I, oh, I think, Rich, it was like 250, 250 quid for a new one. A lot, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that's a lot of money. Even now I look at it and think, that's a lot of money <laughs> for like what is basically a kid's shed. My neighbour said to me, that is going to turn into a little toy shed, you know, didn't you? I was like, yeah. nah, nah, she'll play it all the time. Um, but it does. So, um, But she loves it at the same time, doesn't she? She does love it. She does play with it. But she plays with the... When we did the Crabble Castle, she played with it a hell of a lot more. <laughs> and it was like a totally fraction of the price. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... You know, for anyone thinking about going out and buying like a playhouse, you know, get the book and then there we go, sell the book. Uh, (laughs) Get the book and then you can make this cardboard house because it's it's good, it's brilliant, saves you a hell of a lot of money. Now, I I feel in some ways the title is a bit wrong. Oh well, (laughs) you didn't tell me this before. No, I did. I got four million printed. (laughs) I can I can see why it's titled that way. It makes complete sense. But I feel it's more for getting families into the garden together. Yeah, you are right. You are right. I can't change it now, mate. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> but you are not. right. Do you know what I mean? Like, but it's got to be... The reason it's called How to Get Kids Garden is because I wanted people to search how they wanted to get their kids outside. And yeah. and it's going to be the parents that do it. But it is a massive family book. Do you know what I mean? And it isn't one of them things where you say, away you go, kids, do your own thing. I want the parents to be there and do it. We... The same as children have got distractions. Parents have exactly the same distractions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sitting on our phone, I can't tell you the amount of times I walk, I drive past parents who are pushing buggies and on their phone at the same time. We have a massive distraction away from our children yeah. who want our attention and deserve our attention as well. Do you know what I mean? So we all need to get out there. We all need to do it as a family and, and just get kids gardening. Absolutely. So they'll... Where does somebody find this book? This book is, if you head to skinnygingarner.co.uk forward slash shop, you can find it on there, or you can find it on amazon.co.uk. I'll add links onto the VegGrab podcast show notes for this episode. I should also uh, say, Rich, just didn't jump Okay, for it. All profits, I'm chucking back into, because I'm a great guy, obviously, you know that. Of course. I'm chucking back into, when I go to schools, all the profits will go into equipment that goes to the schools so seeds spades and everything that um, can get more kids in garden so yes because you're doing a school tour next month yeah, yeah exactly man yeah which is i'm really excited i mean that's one of the reasons that all these profits from the book are going into it because i've seen there's such a demand for schools that want to get gardening like we had by the end of the application period we literally had a school a minute dropping right. me an email um, which felt good because I've never had so many emails apart from spam. But <laughs> but it also showed there's such a demand for it and the schools really want to get the kids gardening. They really want it, but either just don't have the time or the money to do it, to get yeah. the equipment. Yeah. So that's why, that's why I, I thought, you know, because I'm a great guy, I'm like Bob Geldof, basically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the first time I said that. <laughs> Uh, no, but you know, they, I mean, that is the thing. As long as the kids get gardeners, if you're at home or you're at school, 
I mean, that also come back to school thing. The I'm chatting. I'm are you trying to wrap this in? No, no, of course not. You carry Sorry, on. I was rabbiting. <laughs> um, a great thing about the book, of course, I'm going to say it's great. Is my daughter is in uh, early years at the moment. So it's just before we proper get into like the proper serious stuff. So she thinks school is incredible. She's like, yeah. I'm going to school, I'm playing, I'm making, I'm painting stuff. I'm like, well, you wait another year. But the book, it goes all around early years. So if a teacher gets hold of it, they can find out how that works back into the education of early years children. Right, yeah. So it's really great for schools in that sense as well. So yeah, that's, so yeah it sort of all comes back. It all comes back around, mate. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Now, I'm going to, on a bit of a personal note, yeah. uh, and I mean this, I'm so proud oh, of hey, what man. you've done with it, mate. Oh, you, you make me tear <laughs> up. <laughs> Thanks, dude. No, I, I, I recognise how hard it's been just sitting down and writing the book. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I'm really proud for you. Oh, thanks, dude. So, yeah. No, I appreciate the support. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's all right. We've got a good... Um, you know, your listeners are, are pretty accepting. You don't have many complaints about me being on, have you? So, have you? You just kept them for me. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, Not a single complaint. No, I appreciate the support. Do you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, it's, it's just good. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you for joining us. And as I said, I'll add any links in the show notes for this episode so check out the vegroundpodcast.co.uk if you want to see that but for this week as always thank you so much for joining me but please take care and i'll see you again on the next one mate we're going to change the name of this podcast to the veg grower no that's skinny jean garner the Skinny Jean Veg Grower Podcast. Oh, okay. We'll work on it. It's a working title. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll wait for some ideas to come through on that. <laughs>